Give the secret handshake. Check your cloaks. And remove your tinfoil hats. This is the Illuminati Social Club. The podcast you don't want they to know about. This is bullshit. This series presents information based in part on theory and conjecture. The producer's purpose is to suggest some possible explanation, but not necessarily the only ones to the mysteries we will examine. Welcome to the In Search of series here on the Illuminati Social Club. I'm your host, Jason from Parma. Joining me from Tampa, Florida, Mr. Oliver Oxide. Greetings all. Hello there. How's it going? Fine, thanks. Excellent. And from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Doc Pinko, Steve Cloutier. What's up? Not too much. This week, we are talking about... Season 6, Episode 17, The Human Aura. Great. Something that Woomongers charge $25 to photograph. Uh, Steve, <laughs> what were your impressions of this episode? <laughs> uh, there there were a lot of callbacks in this oh, episode. Know. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was almost like they kind of like ran out of things to say, so they were just sort of like knitting together stuff from past mm-hmm. episodes. Oh, yeah. Trying to pick up something. Are you, are you talking about Curlian photography? Indeed, indeed. Yes, I am. Which is from. And we also get ac- acupuncture. 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 <clears throat> you know what? Ac- and after watching two of the, 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 the two episodes that we watched for our recording here. Uh, the second one will be next week. I, it occurs to me that Leonard Nimoy does not say, like, it, uh, a short A. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't say ah, like, at or anything. He, he says at or acupuncture. Yeah, he, he doesn't, did anyone notice that? Yes. Okay. Oliver, what were your impressions? Uh, well, apparently I missed the whole A thing. Um, <laughs> this is um, this is like a Sunday of woo. Um, you know, it's like being able to break in the back of Dairy Queen and just start piling stuff on any Sunday you want. And you may find that uh, my usual uh, voice of mirth is absent uh, during this particular episode because, and maybe Steve can speak to this, I just found this so badly written. Oh, it was. I mean, you, I mean, you've touched on it already. It was all over the place, and I, the human aura part, I don't know what they were talking about because they really didn't talk about the human aura. It was just more about photogra- photography and mm-hmm. some loopy guy who can, you know, tell whether a leaf's been amputated. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> Steve, am I right? Is, is it badly yeah, written? Yeah, it is badly written. Oh, I could debunk some of these studies on my own right now, but uh, we'll wait till we get to the to that point. Anyway, we're in for a long one here because I have eight clips. <clears throat> there is so much bad in this episode that I just had to capture it all. So, uh, speaking of bad, here's Leonard. The human aura. That golden halo familiar to saints and psychics was long thought of as an artist's fantasy. 
Today, Curlian photography captures the image of an aura as the energy field surrounding all animate beings. And now, for the first time, In Search Of has made ultra-high-speed motion pictures of the aura around a drop of human blood. Can this radiating pattern offer new insights into disease and health? No. No, it can't. Because <laughs> the aura is not a thing. Uh, most likely the aura that they're looking at is a result of heat or aerosol droplets when it hits the surface. Especially in the case of blood. Also, we'll get into this when they start talking about it because uh, one of my favorite things comes back. Um. So then they uh, they they go into uh, the Bible and about the the halos and stuff. Uh, and then, do you have a clip of this? Do you have a clip of this, Jason? No, I don't. I, oh my god, I was killing myself laughing because <laughs> if when you watch it, if you think this is how bizarre this episode is, because we start with Jesus and we end with Buddhism, so I mean <laughs> we're all over the place, right? Um, <clears throat> If you, when you watch it, if you think that was shot anywhere in the Middle East, you're kidding yourselves. That was probably shot, that was probably shot at Vasquez Rocks, which Leonard Nimoy is very familiar with because that's kind of the, 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 in Los Angeles County, that's kind of the choice of where to go to shoot these outdoor scenes. I was just, wouldn't you just love to see Jesus in a Gorn? I was just waiting, I was just waiting for the Gorn to show up. Oh, beautiful. So, uh, yeah, they talk about Jesus and the woman who uh, is hemorrhaging and she touches his robes and uh, for some reason, the you know, the all powerful Jesus suddenly can't take it and falls down. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a bad day for Jesus. Uh, yes, I guess so. <laughs> well, well, this is this is where we get back to what Oliver was saying about poor writing. Is like this is a false analogy. Mm-hmm. Even if we accept, and we don't, but even if we did, even if we did accept that Jesus had healing properties, that's different from the human aura. Yes, <laughs> right. So it's a it's it's a false analogy, right? So even if Jesus were you know the Son of God, it's not the same thing as the human aura. And this is what Al- Oliver is saying is about bad writing. It has nothing to do with the human aura. They're just trying to find ways of sort of fitting in all these sort of stories. Shoehorning uh, what they can. Exactly. You know, Thank, you for, backing, thank you for backing me up on that, Steve. I, God knows I love a nice little Jesus cosplay, but I was just wondering, what does this have, thing have to do with the other? Well, exactly. Uh, and, it's, and it's a false analogy. Yeah. Uh, and, let's and, see. and a very bad Jesus wig, too. Oh, oh God, yes. That was I have that written in my notes. Bad. Oh news. yeah, he just he just looked like he got expelled from Night Ranger with that with that. <laughs> Out on Sentimental Street in the Avenue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, do, do I even even have to say there might be a kernel of truth in in the Gospels, but the kernel is probably just stories of a charismatic preacher. And then, you know, you just build on that and build on it and build on it. And then, you know, decades later, you're writing stories about Superman. Don't get me started, Jason. Uh, no, okay, fine. okay, 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 okay. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's move on here. We, oh. Oh boy. <laughs> now, now we meet Dr. Kilner. 
Kilner startled the medical world with a completely new diagnostic technique. He had invented an aura screen, a glass plate coated with dicyanin. Through the screen, he could clearly see a pronounced aura around all humans, and the shape of the aura, he claimed, indicated oncoming diseases. Collecting thousands of case histories, he wrote long books on aura diagnosis, and yet no one else could see an aura through his screen. The medical world branded him a quack. Patients continued to come, however, because his aura diagnoses were accurate. Uh, let's see some studies. Um, I think the medical community is absolutely correct. It is completely not unreasonable to label Dr. Kilner a quack because he is. Um, only he could see the aura through the, 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 you know, the thing that he was looking through. Um, just like only somebody could translate the golden plates through a magical rock and a hat. Ah, oh, sorry. Oh, well done. (laughs) Well done. Um, that, so, so what that means is that uh, these techniques uh, cannot be replicated, and therefore they cannot be tested. He is the Scrooge McDuck of quacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just... <laughs> it, it, and he's the only one who can see it. Come on. Um, and, and apparently Kilner was working late one night and getting ready to mix up some more dye when he suddenly got really tired and his eyes started playing tricks on him. Uh, so apparently he was looking through these vials and then, uh, he suddenly realized that he could see the aura without the dye, which means, uh, go to an ophthalmologist and get that looked at because, uh, (laughs) you might be having some problems. Well, well, that's the thing. Cause you know, I'm not a medical doctor, um, but there are other re other reasons why people might be seeing aura like for example i suffer from migraines Mm -hmm. and i know migraines coming on because i get an aura in front of my face Mm -hmm. it's just a sort of like blurry flashing kind of lights in front of my face i I get that too exactly so i know i know migraines are coming only only i can see that Mm -hmm. but that's not because it's there but that's because it's happening in my brain or 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 in the eye or synesthesia for example Right. We're going to get into that. Okay. Um, but so, so what I mean is like, even if there is, even if he were, were seeing something, mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that he can see a human aura. He right. could have had some kind of medical condition that he was not aware of, that medical science was not aware of at the time, that could be causing that. He he could just have like, you know, he could have just had like the, just a permanent migraine. Exactly. Or he could be a fraud. I mean, you know, I'm not, oh, I'm yeah. not, oh, come on. <laughs> it's, an either, it's an either or kind of thing. Which is, <laughs> which is more likely fraud? Uh, by the way, Steve, you are more a medical doctor than Dr. Kilner. So just to let you know. <laughs> uh, Oliver, anything to add? Oh, no. I think it's, I think Steve summed it up greatly. I mean, your brain, your brain plays tricks on you, and voila. 
That doesn't make it real. So, uh, all right, next next clip. With no students who could carry on his work, Kilner was forgotten. The only carryover from his research, these aura goggles, a novelty item from England. Supposedly, after wearing them for 10 minutes, one can see auras. However, at least for me, they don't produce anything unusual. The ability to see auras remains with a select few. In Search Of has located one individual who apparently has this gift. What's happening in the leg areas is the, the colors are dimmer. In modern-day Los Angeles, Janet and Eileen Charlton offer a unique service, aura counseling. Janet Charlton claims to see auras surrounding everyone, an ability which was not always a blessing. Since she began to speak, no one believed the colors and shapes she reported. I have seen auras ever since I can remember. I don't physically ever remember not seeing them. I knew how people were feeling just by the lights that were surrounding their bodies. During my childhood, I went from one psychiatrist to the other. I spent lots of time, lots of money going to, I believe there were six of them. Um, Basically, yes, they all thought I was crazy. (laughs) They didn't understand. I learned to more or less keep things to myself rather than saying what I was seeing and saying what I was sensing about people. Don't worry, Janet. I think you're crazy, too. Um, first of all, uh, Dr. Kilner was uh, was long forgotten uh, until this episode of In Search Of. <laughs> you bastards. Um, no, it's for very good reason he was forgotten. Uh, because he was a quack. Uh, and Janet, to me, sounds like uh, she is possibly uh, a synesthete. Uh, in other words, someone who has synesthesia, but just thinks they're auras and you know thinks she could tell people how they're feeling. Sorry, I'm the uneducated one of the group. What is synesthesia? Syn- synesthesia is basically it. It's sort of like your 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 brain is wired. It, it's miswired to where, like, um, you see. Uh, the best example that I that I know of is there. There's this guy who he sees numbers as shapes and colors. And there's people who can smell color. Like, they see the color red and they smell something. So it's basically like a cross-wiring of senses. Yeah, because when you're using one sense, it's cross-wired so that it causes an effect in your other sense. So so it it creates a sense of smell even though you're watching something. And you're not actually smelling it, but you you can smell it because, again, it's it's the brain thing. The brain is, is sort of... Uh, sending off signals to your uh, sense of smell, mm-hmm. which is probably a poor way of explaining it. But you know. no one can ever say that we don't. You, people don't learn something from this show. <laughs> and Although, I even asked Dr. Dave Broadbeck if this was a real thing. He said, yes, yes, I, I know. I, I saw that was confirmed. Yes. Um, uh, being the vapid one of the group, let me just get back to the intro there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the intro uh, just of that clip with Leonard. Yes. A very rare turtleneck mustache combo effort. Ooh. I think that's a I think that's a first time. I think yeah. it is. Wow. 
So, so then they go into this whole auric field thing, which, uh, you know, to me is so bad that, uh, hold on. It's, uh, not even wrong. In other words, <laughs> it can't be tested. Nobody can test this woo. Also, how does anybody know what this aura reading even points to? Yeah, is that's, it, that's one of the, just Sorry, what, what you're feeling, you know. I, I, I feel like, I feel like you're, you have some pent up rage. Yes, because you're telling me I have some pent up rage. Sorry. Uh, see, I don't, this is why I don't think Janet's crazy. Janet obviously knows how to balance a checkbook. Um, <laughs> Uh, because what she's doing is completely unprovable. The three maladies that she comes up for with, with this what with one woman are so nondescript and so vague. Yes, I mean you know they could they could uh, again yeah. it's it's like psychics. She just cold read her uh, oh, I while know. she was doing it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, well, Eileen, the one that she's with, her mother-in-law is a psychic. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So, oh, so the mother, the mother-in-law taught her how to add. Yeah, yeah it's very good. These, yeah. Uh, yeah. So you know, these two, these two dingleberries are now testing their grift. I'm out. Uh, I'm sorry, their gift. Sorry, yes. Freudian slip there. <laughs> A very misplaced R there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just wandered uh, in on a patient who was recently diagnosed by a real doctor. Um, my guess was, you know, they're probably asking a lot of leading questions and reading facial expressions, basically yeah. cold reading, cold reading. Also, these two women are not checking each other. They are performing a grift. Mm-hmm. And, and now we get the, now we get the sum up of this, uh, <clears throat> experiment. So I'm channeling some energy. We have no statistical documentation of Janet and Eileen's abilities. At least one medical doctor has referred patients to them. Our test subject's reaction is one opinion. Well, the diagnosis is correct as far as the three things that have been bothering me were the legs and water retention and constipation. And they named those three things. So if I were to scale it, I would, I guess, honestly, give it like a ninety percent. <laughs> Sorry, that was me banging my head on my microphone because three things that they that that they could guess at, and this woman is going to give them a ninety. Percent? How do you get ninety percent on a on a uh, a list of three things, Steve? Well, I think the more I think the more important question. Sorry, uh, Steve. If you're marking paper, if say you have a three question, uh, non essay, just you know, say a three question multiple choice test. How do you get ninety percent on that? You can't. <laughs> And by the way, it's a psychic study with a sample size of n equals one. <laughs> this is not a study. I'd be more concerned about what what the ten percent they got wrong. <laughs> that, that would be that. What exactly is that? 
Also, also the the woman that they were testing uh, appears to be roughly middle aged. So you know, water retention uh, probably up there. Um, you know, probably a, you know, I, if I was if I was trying to convince someone that I could tell them what their problems are just by. Um, reading their aura, I'll say. Um, if it's a, if it's a middle aged woman, I'm gonna say probably water retention, uh, maybe some gastric issue, and uh, you know, maybe an aching pain or somewhere. It's not that difficult, people. Are you suggesting she's going through the change? Maybe. Because those. those... <laughs> Those are uh, characteristics of the change, menopause. Thank you. Of course, here we are, three guys talking about you know yeah, women's sure, problems. Sure. So yeah. let's uh, let's move on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank, oh, you. thank you, Oliver. <laughs> you were gonna say? No, it's just it's just three dudes sitting around talking about this kind of stuff. It's like, yeah, let's move on, please. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a wife who's going through it, so I have a uh-huh. little bit more experience, perhaps. And but also, we just we just reached. Peak TMI. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but one last thing before we move on. Yes. Um, I was just wondering if that one doctor who sent them to sent patients to him was Doctor Oz. <laughs> Whoever it is should lose their license. Uh, so now we look at. Oh, by the way, those, those two those two women, the psychic and the and the aura reader, are in Los Angeles. Color me shocked. Yeah. Um, now we look at Curlian photography at the California College of Acupuncture. I heard their, <laughs> I I hear their football team is uh, really uh, coming along. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they make the University of Phoenix look like Harvard. I know. <laughs> Yeah, this sounds like a legitimate institution. So, uh, yeah, let's find out what these dinguses have to say. John Hubacher, one of the leading experimenters today. When we take a Curlian photograph of a living object, it will always change. It changes very dynamically, very much like we expect the human aura to change. And we believe that these changes do accompany, in human beings... Physiological changes, changes of the body, changes of our state of health. We find changes with emotional state. Uh, it's a very complex thing that we're just learning about. Curling photography doesn't necessarily photograph the aura. It may be photographing a component of the aura. The aura, as clairvoyants claim to see it, does extend out quite a distance from the body. So it's certainly not the aura that clairvoyants talk about, but it may be what they call the inner aura or the etheric body or the energy body or as we're trying to do research here at the california acupuncture college the system of acupuncture chi energy in the body this maybe is what we're really photographing with curling photography huh that is word salad that that is he's saying words but in that order they don't mean anything nope and he's saying them quickly so it yes. makes it sound like he's super intelligent. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, so now these woohounds are shocking poor unsuspecting leaves after cutting but them up. They did that in episode one. I know. 
I wonder if Kay Hoffman is having PTSD. <laughs> Where's Cleve Baxter when you need him? Yeah, I can assure you the yogurt is. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'll never let go of uh, that. Okay. So supposedly they get spark patterns. Uh, so they cut the leaf. They cut the top off the leaf. Uh, and they get spark patterns that match the cut part of the leaf. Uh, so it looks like a complete leaf under their, uh, curly in photography. I'm going to call BS here. Um, most likely because it looks like they're taking very great care to put that, uh, leaf on the glass. So what I'm thinking they did was they pressed it against the glass, pulled it off. They cut the top of the leaf off. And then they put it back on. So now you got moisture on the, uh, on the glass still from the top of the leaf. And we'll, we'll get into the rest of this. Cause, um, there's more to this story. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll explain why, but you know, the, you know, then they show, you know, there's moisture left on the glass and they see these patterns. Anyone have anything to add? Did I miss something here? No, that's ingenious though, Jason. That's, that's Penn and Teller's type magician oh, yeah. stuff. <laughs> Steve, anything? Um, they look cool though. <laughs> I'll give you that. They do look cool. They do look cool. So, uh, now we meet uh, Dr. Alan Dietrich. Oh, God. <laughs> um, here we go. Alan Dietrich has a worldwide reputation for his phantom leaf ability. John Hubacher comments. One of the problems with Curlian photography and the phantom leaves is that work that we had done at UCLA and the work that we had heard about done in other countries, notably Russia, was that the experiment was not reproducible. This means that we would take phantoms, and at UCLA, for instance, we would get phantoms 1%, 2% of the time. They were very difficult to get. Alan had fabulous phantom leaves. He presented these at this New York conference, and he was getting them, uh, how many say, 90% of the time? 90, 95. 90%. This is a tremendous uh, result, and so we were all very excited about his ability to generate these phantom leaves. The first time I did it, nobody ever said I couldn't do it, so I just went down and tried it. And I got it the very first time I tried it, so I've been working with it ever since. I haven't changed anything. So. Uh-huh. So Alan Dietrich figured out that he has his own grift. I mean <laughs> gift for taking these images. Uh, but the thing is, he a little later in this clip, he can't tell anyone how he does it. Which means, again... It's not even wrong. The thing is, in science, in order to be repeatable, anyone has to be able to repeat this. Not just one guy. It's got to be the whole science. You know, as long as you have the equipment to do it, you everyone should be able to do it. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, my next note here. 
I kind of cut it off, but I think it's perfect. This whole acupuncture meridian thing is total, and I just stop there. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably because there's going to be some four-letter words after that. Uh, now we meet Dr. Rosenblatt, who's uh, sitting next to a statue of a naked man, and he probably once tried out for the role of Mr. Cotter. Um <laughs> Uh, let's see. So they they talk about, you know, data is still being collected from all this woo. But that's the problem. It's data. It it's just data. It it it, it there's no sense to it. There's no yeah. I can show you tables of data. They don't make any sense because data has to be put into context. There is no context for this data. Uh, and there's no rhyme or reason, and real scientists can't replicate it. No, that's the main thing. So now we're going to go back to the Curlian photography because uh, everything makes sense after this. And this should stimulate... Uh the meridians in Can the internal energy flow be altered and photographed? Okay. The extreme faintness of the Curlian image requires total darkness and film pushed to the extreme of sensitivity. The feet are now more in balance. There you have it. Um, when you you have this extremely faint image that you have to increase the sensitivity of the film so high uh uh-uh. uh it's you know now you're just seeing noise you're not seeing anything you're you're just seeing background noise when when you have to increase sensitivity uh, a couple weeks ago when we did the uh the ghost, uh, the the spirit voices uh, episode. You know, when you in, you know, when you increase the sensitivity of microphones so far up, you know, you're hearing traffic on the I-10. I mean, and that that's from Cleveland, by the way. Um, sorry. Um, the I-10 is in Los Angeles. Um, yeah, I was just thinking that. It's like the I ninety in Cleveland. Yes, it is. Um, so yeah, the you know yeah when you start increasing sensitivity way up, like uh, in the first episode, um, the very first episode we did uh, when when Baxter was doing his uh, his polygraph experiments because you know polygraph is good for everything. Um, he was jacking the 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 sensitivity up on it, you know, to the max. So you're going to get background noise. Um, also in this, uh, experiment, uh, they were, they were, they were measuring a woman's feet. Well, the first photograph, you know, was her one foot slightly off the, off the plate that they were looking at, you know, was it equal pressure both times? I didn't see any I didn't see any measurement gear or anything. 
you know, didn't see any scales or, you know, anything like that to make sure that, you know, she's holding her feet against it equally and both times. There's too many variables and which makes this completely undependable. Anyone? Well, they know that. Oh, of I mean course. That's, that's that's part of the that's, that's part, part of, of the allure yeah, uh, of this. That's part of their gift, uh, grift. There, yeah, I gotta write anybody, this anybody does any critical thinking to this? And again, I, I, what am I applying my critical thinking to? See, this is this, this is the thing about is it about you know someone's tippy toes? Is it about leaves? Is it about curling and photography? Is it about Jesus? I don't know what to put my critical thinking <laughs> to in this episode. It's all how, over the place. How about, how about blood? And blood, yeah. Because now we go to a Curlian blood test where – what the hell was he doing? He was he was dripping blood onto a plate while taking Curlian photography. Um, oh, no. Oh, no. He was putting – he put blood on a plate and then sent an electrical pulse through the blood. Well – um, an electrical pulse has energy. Energy will send micro droplets, like an, you know, almost aerosol the blood. And it, so all you're seeing is the blood just being splashed out from that center droplet. But then apparently, uh, these are experiments. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, again, maximum sensitivity on film is just background noise. Um, and th- he's comparing healthy blood and cancerous blood. Now, my question is, does he know which one's which when he does his experiment or is he, uh, you know, does he say, okay, this is, this is regular, you know, this is, healthy blood and then this is cancerous blood and then does the the experiment without being blinded you know the these are all questions that have to be answered that are not answered and never will be but again it goes back to something that oliver said it's like what's the point that's true it's just like 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 what 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 is it supposed to prove? It's like okay, so you can shoot electric currents through the blood and you can get them the same or something, whatever it's supposed to do. But so what 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 that what is that supposed to achieve? To to tell what you know, if, if you put your blood down on a plate, you know they could tell you then if it's if you're healthy or you know if you have cancer or if you have uh, something else. Uh, they have they have real scientific tests that can tell you that. Yeah, it's true. Like, this is the other thing I don't get. <laughs> if, if this was the big finish, like you know, your aura can your the, your aura in your blood can tell you whether you have cancer or not. I'm like, um, we already have proven scientific tests for this. So what's the big whoop? That is true. <sighs> Final clip of the episode. Thank God. Curlian photography offers a great promise as a tool in the new horizons of medicine. Mystics and visionaries never doubted the existence of the aura. 
After 2,000 years, science may rediscover its promise of wondrous healing. Uh, from a different narrator, no, it won't. <laughs> As it turned out, magnets were the, were the wave of the future for diagnostic tests. Uh, not, yes. curly in photo- not, cur- not curly in photography. Right. Dopes. Yes, very large magnets that require liquid helium to cool them. But they do such cool things. If only that had been mentioned in the Bible, we've gotten it a long time ago. <laughs> uh, so I've come to the end of my uh, notes. And uh, yeah, so what did we think of this completely scientific episode? Uh, a D? I, I mean, I'm giving it a D all around. I'm giving it a D for, for literature, <laughs> let alone content. <laughs> Good point. True. Uh, so, the one thing we know for sure is it aired on television. Yes, it did. Uh, so, Oliver, why don't you tell people where they can find you out there? I'll be out searching for Gorn, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Oliver Oxide. Steven. Well, I know where the Gorn is. It's right behind Oliver. Um, you can catch me on Twitter <laughs> at Doc Finko. And you can. You can find me at Alien CG on Twitter. You can find this podcast at Illuminati Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, I confess, I am the Gorn. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. Where's my bamboo tube? Toodles, kids. <laughs> See ya.